Welcome to Britt David Podcast, as we welcome Mark Mirza of Common Thread Ministry, who brings us a message today on prayer. Here's Pastor Mark. Before, um, before I even begin, we need to just stop and take note of what you just sang. Just bow your head, close your eyes, just talk to the Lord about whatever it was that you felt, you experienced, you saw, you heard. Just rest in the Lord's presence. Amen. We're going to do something different today, okay? Y'all aren't here to listen to some guy preach. As much as I love to. We're not going to do that today. Um, first, I always make notes when I'm speaking somewhere. Um, I'll bring up, you know, the ver- things that you sang, okay? Like the first two songs, what was the word you heard the most out of all of it? Joy. So the way my brain works, I just want to ask y'all, what kind of joy do you really have? I mean, just, just, just think about it. In every aspect of your life, how much joy do you really have? Those of you that work outside of the home, is your boss just a ham bun? Those of you that have spouses that are hand bones, are they, you know, I mean, kids, yuck, politics. Where's your joy? Actually, the better way to ask it is, where do you not have joy? Uh, the next song you, you sang <coughs> talked about how your life was different. Uh, the last one, obviously, how we've been transformed because of the blood. Well, are you transformed? Are you different? Or do you act like the world? By the way, this is all for free. This has nothing to do with what I'm going to preach on and what we're going to do, okay? But think about this. Why does the world want our Jesus if we don't act any different than the world? I say this all the time, and closer we get to November 8th, you'll get grumpier and grumpier at me because it's true. If I get too excited when my guy wins, I'm putting my trust in man and not in God. If I get too grumpy when my guy loses, I'm putting my trust in man and not in God. Now, it's okay to kind of look at that from a, you know, way out there perspective and and stuff, but can I bring it back a little closer to home? Go back to that word joy. I can tell you, probably... The reason you struggle with joy, uh, remember, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, those are all the attributes of God. Uh, They are the attributes of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. Because he lives inside of us, we get to live them out. So let's go back to this idea of joy. When you do not have joy, it is because you have chosen to not live 
what God has already given you the ability to live. If you don't have joy, it's on you. Now, I know some of you are thinking, but they're my kids. They're my responsibility to worry about them. Really? Let me tell you what you're doing when you do that, okay? You are taking your trust away from God and putting your trust back on man. You want to hear the real foolish thing? You know who the man is that you're trusting? You! And you know you! That's just cuckoo! We can live in joy. Believe me, we can live in joy. Um, Iran, the country of Iran is, is experiencing a lot of difficulty right now. And uh, one of the ministries that I follow, Elam, E-L-A-M, they have a ministry to the, um, uh, to the Iranian people all over the world, but especially in Iran. And they have asked that today be a day of prayer for Iran. So we're going to begin just by taking a few moments, and we're going to pray for the country of Iran. Uh, they, they gave a couple of testimonies in the email I got, talking about some pastors who said they can tell when people are praying for them. I know you all have experienced that in different ways. You can tell when someone is praying for you. So let me just, I, I took their list of things to pray for and I chopped it way, way, way down. So let me just kind of walk you through it and just meditatively talk to the Lord as I am talking. I'll try to go slow. I'll take my left coast fast talk out of it. Um, but um, let, me just, let me just walk you through some suggestions that they have. Uh, coincidentally, and I say that in big quotes since I'm in the prayer business, uh, coincidentally, they're using the Lord's Prayer to, um, to walk through how to pray for Iran. I say coincidentally because, as you know, Pastor Tim spoke on the, um, uh, the, the Lord's Prayer for a few Sunday nights. What you don't know is I am going to take some snippets from his messages, and that's what we're going to pray into this morning. So I thought it was appropriate for me to use um, Elam Ministries' prayers for Iran. So let's kind of walk through that. The first one is, uh, he begins with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so here's what they ask us to pray about. So this is what I want you to just kind of meditatively spend some time thinking about. Center your attention on God as you begin to pray. Acknowledge his lordship over all things. Again, meditatively, just do that right now. The next phrase says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pray that the church in Iran has the opportunity to declare with one voice, louder than ever, that Jesus is Lord and truest freedom is found in him. Give us this day our daily bread. And they ask us to pray that at this time, that the church in Iran would be able to do more than ever to serve the poor and the oppressed, and that the church would keep the advancement of the gospel at its forefront. People are being killed in Iran 
because of their beliefs. The next phrase of the Lord's Prayer says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Pray that our brothers and sisters in the church in Iran will be filled with supernatural strength to take a posture of forgiveness. And conversely, pray that those who are persecuting and oppressing people in Iran would have a powerful supernatural encounter with Jesus. Meditatively lift these things up to the Lord. The next phrase says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Pray that a new wave of intercession for Iran would break out all over the world. Finally, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Pray that Iranians of all backgrounds would encounter the king of kings, would encounter his power, and would encounter his glory. I have a um, photograph of an Iranian pastor sitting in my home. Now, I'm half Assyrian, okay? I'm half Mexican, I'm half Assyrian. Assyrian is not Syrian from Syria. Assyrian is Persian from Iran. I'm not Iranian, but I'm Persian, okay? Half. So I've got this photograph of this pastor. He looks a little bit like my little brother. And um, sits on my shelf, on my counter, in, in, um, in my living room. I pray for the guy all the time. Pray for his congregation. I pray for the people he's influenced, his family. I have no idea what the guy's name is. I have no idea if the guy's alive right now. I have no idea. Here's why I'm kind of making a big deal about this. A lot of prayer people disagree with me, okay? And if you want to disagree with me, it's absolutely okay. I'm concerned that we are heading into a time of persecution as Christians in the USA. Now, as much as you may think so, paying your taxes is not persecution, okay? But I think there's some tangible persecution coming our way. I hope not. I hope I'm wrong. I hope these other prayer people are right. But here's my concern. Not that it will come, believe it or not. My concern is if it does come, are you ready? For crying out loud, if you cannot have joy when you work for a ham bone, how can you have joy when you begin to face persecution? You can't. When I say you, I mean the word you in the southern sense, not you as I would say on the left coast. You means y'all, which includes me, okay? So please hear that. I'm not pointing my fingers at anybody at all. One of the novels that I wrote, and I don't have one out here right now. You can get it online. One of the novels I wrote is called Divided Nation. It takes place five years after COVID-19. Christians accidentally spread the next pandemic. And because we did, all those people that want, you know, China to pay for COVID-19 decide they want the Christians to pay for this next pandemic. So it is a very realistic look at what Christian persecution could look like in the USA. I have a grandmother great-grandmother from Iran, who um, she was martyred for her faith. It's a very drastic story. I um, softened it a tiny bit, but um, 
Uh, it's included in the novel. I modernized it. And it's included in the novel. Uh, we have got to be prepared for what is going to happen. You are fortunate. You guys have a great preacher here. Every time I listen to Pastor Tim's messages, I realize, man, this guy's good. Now, he and I pray together every week, and I remind him of that once in a while. Not too often, because I don't want him to get too embarrassed, or I don't want him to get a big head. One of the two. I, I, but but, but I, I tell him that every now and then, okay? He's a good guy. And I su suspect that y'all take notes when he preaches, as I look at you not taking notes. Let me say it this way. When he is preaching, you got to take notes because you will not get it by osmosis. I want to help you with that concept, okay? I did this in my church a couple of, couple of weeks ago. Uh, I used what my pastor had been speaking on, and I brought it up. We're going to walk through a few of the brilliant things that Pastor Tim has said when he was preaching on the Lord's Prayer. But here's why you take notes. So that you can take a look at them afterwards. Let me tell you the, one of the greatest things that you will ever do. You take notes, you have a journal, whatever. Saturday afternoon, Sunday sometime, take an hour and go through and look at the notes you wrote the previous week. At the end of the month, take a few hours and look at what you wrote throughout the entire month. At the end of the year, take an entire weekend. At least take an entire day and walk through the notes that you wrote for the entire year. You'll see some things you forgot to do, okay? But let me tell you what you'll also see. You will be blessed by the stuff you wrote. You'll say, whoa, that was good. And here's the next thing that I would want you to do. Pray them back to the Lord. When you make a note of something that Pastor Tim says, and you say, wow, that's good. Write it down. And then don't just let it be written down somewhere where, you know, you're going to give it to your kids when you die. Uh, talk to the Lord about it. Lord, that was really cool. So what? Or Lord, that was really cool. What are you doing now? I don't know how. But the Holy Spirit will prompt you how to pray. Let's do the first one. And the way that Jesus prayed showed an intimacy with the Father that they absolutely lacked. What they absolutely lacked was intimacy with the Father. So here's my question to you. Why did God institute prayer? Not because he needs your advice. He already knows your needs before you even ask. Why did he institute prayer? He sits up in heaven and he does whatever he wants. There are people that I pray with that think that sometimes if I say the wrong thing, it thwarts what God wanted to do. My God ain't that small, okay? God is in heaven and he does whatever he wants. Why did he institute prayer? Pastor Tim alluded to it just there. He did it because he wants a relationship with you. He wants a personal, interactive relationship with you. 
Uh, I know I'm going to be hitting close to home. And if you were planning on buying a whole bunch of my books, you can say now, I'm not going to buy any books from him now. How many of you live with somebody? And this, uh, this, is, this is not a question you even blink your eyes at, okay? How many of you live with someone who when you get into bed, they do a whole bunch of reading, and there's no, I don't care about the intimacy part, but there's no talking or dialogue or, what is there between you two? Nothing! Where's the relationship? How about you and your kids? I mean, they're off doing their thing, you're off doing your thing. Their time on, they're on time on social media, you're on social media. You think about all that stuff and where's the intimacy? The intimacy comes in talking together and just being together. And it's not the same thing as texting the other person. Why did God create prayer? Because he wants a relationship with you. Think about that. The God of the universe, he spoke the words in an entire cosmos leapt into existence and he wants an intimate relationship with you? How cuckoo is that? Let me say about me. I know me. I wouldn't listen to me. Six times in the book of Psalms, depending upon your version, he says this. He inclines his ear to hear what you have to say. When you and you and you. How cool is that? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to talk to the person next to you or kind of get near somebody like you two. Just kind of get near so you've got someone to talk to. Talk to them, simply telling them of the attributes of God. So take just a couple of moments right now. What are some attributes of God that you can just kind of share with one another? Just, just share with each other. Like, not all at one time. Come on, this is interactive. Talk with, I know, this is a different Sunday morning, okay? Talk to one another. An attribute of God. Talk. It's okay, you can talk in church on Sunday morning. You're not going to be thrown out. What are some attributes of God? I already named nine of them for you. He is love. He is joy. He is peace and patience. He is kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And that's only nine of them. There are tons of names in the Word of God of who God is. Tons of them. When you find a name of God, read the verses before it and after it. It'll give you a bigger understanding of it. Um, Genesis chapter 17. Hagar is out in the wilderness and she calls God the God who sees. When you go back and you read the verses before it, leading up to that point, you realize, holy smokes, there's a gargantuan meaning in that phrase. Uh, let, let me tell you why it's so important that we... Um, I, I have this markism. I have this markism that I, that I say. Um, your prayer life is the barometer of your spiritual life. Okay? Your prayer life is the barometer of your spiritual life. So I'm not going to ask you how much you pray, how well you pray. I'm going to ask, how good, is your prayer, how, how good is your spiritual life? I can tell you it's directly related 
to your um, uh, to your spiritual life. But I want to drill down into that a tiny bit because the reality is your prayer life helps you understand God. Who God is becomes more and more revealed to you the more you focus on his attributes. The more you know who God is, the more you know what to expect from God. How many times do you get on your knees and say, oh, Lord, we, oh, this is going to, I need, I have, and, and your prayer is without any expectation because you just don't know. That's not the way God wants us to go into prayer. I don't think Jesus ever went into prayer wondering if he was going to get a yes or a no or a maybe. I think Jesus always went into prayer expecting a yes. And that's why I want to park here for a moment on the attributes of God. The more you know who God is, the more you know what to expect from him. Think about that. You're not praising him for what he does. That's thanking him. You're praising him for who he is. What are the attributes of God? That's what you're praising him for. Well, just, just think about that for a moment. You don't praise him because he gives you love. You don't praise him because he gives you joy. You thank him that he did that. But you praise him for who he is. He is love. He is joy. The fact that he already is all of these things is why you can live it out. Not because you're super spiritual. Not because, oh, I see, that's going to work out great. Yes! No! Faith is what? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. If you got to see it before you believe it, it ain't faith. I am telling you, God wants us to live in victory. Do you know why the church is growing so greatly in Iran? The church is growing faster in Iran than it is anywhere else in the world. you know why? Because they know God. They know what to expect from God. The things they are going through are not their, they're, they're, they're not, it's not problematic to them. It's a problem, but it's, it's not something that they get hung up on. It's not what they focus on. We struggle focusing on who's going to be in the White House, who's going to be our, you know, representative. They don't worry about that kind of stuff. They don't have any say over it. Now, I believe that we should do whatever we can to be good stewards of who we are in the USA, okay? So I'm not saying uh, we are to do everything we can to the best of our ability. That's what, Exodus, that's what um, 
Colossians 3.23 is all about. You work as if you're working unto God, not unto man. I think Christians should be the best employees on the job. And if you're not, you're... You're not, you're not living out Colossians 3.23. You need to talk to God about that. But that's another message. I am telling you, we get so wrapped up in the things of the world, it's just cuckoo. And the reason we do is because we do not know who God is. Now, I know, I know. Some of you have been at church for nine months longer than your age. But I'm telling you that you live the way you do should be a wake-up call to you that you're not living out love and joy and peace and patience, kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And let me just tell you, I'm so glad he only named nine things. I would have hated it if he listed 25 things. But I can live out those nine things, and when I'm not living them out, I know it. And it all comes down to one very simple thing. I forget who God is, and therefore I don't know what to expect from Him. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Mark continues his message. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.